ela viu o rico namorar pobre? and virginie egot holder spilling tea with my friends is the only thing i love more than a weekend-long bravo tv bender so i'm pouring you a cup and inviting you to sip on the hot tea of the week with us each week my friends and i will discuss hot topics from tv movies tabloids and more this is say la tea Goodbye. <laughs> Honestly, it's a podcast, you guys. People like when it's a little bit corny. You know what I mean? <laughs> it needs to be a little cheesy. A little cheesy to go. The charcuterie. Right. Alrighty. So, that being said, I'm cheesier than cheese. Like, so I get it. But right. So now everybody knows me, and I think that everybody should know you guys. So why don't we start with the girl to my right? Tell the people who you are, oh, Sherry. That's me. <laughs> Alrighty. So, in case you don't know, her name's Sherry Thompson. Sherry Hi. Thompson. My name is Sherry Thompson. Um, I am. Can we do the the questions? Yeah. Okay. So, who are you? <laughs> wow. So I'm Sherry Thompson. Uh, I am an actor. I am a photographer. I dabble in a lot of things. I call myself an enthusiast with things that I am not completely, I feel, educated in. So, like, makeup enthusiast, I'm an apothecary, um, so many things. Uh, let's see. Next, I think I've answered that question. Okay, perfect. What do you do? What do I do? So, I am trying to act. The operative word is trying. I would love to act. All day, every day. That is not happening right now, but when it does, I'm ready. Um, in the meantime, I do take pictures. I do auditions for anybody that needs them. <laughs> I feel that. I, right. I, um, I am producing my own YouTube series uh, for travel and makeup. I do have um, a podcast that. coming out soon very soon it's called office hours so look out for that but you can find it on twitter because i'm always on twitter during my office hours perfect um, yes. so next question yes what are you looking to do what am i looking to do so my ultimate goal is to work with kids um i think in the near future i will be attending law school not near future more like 10 15 years for intellectual property so i can mentor kids for their dreams, to show them that you can chance the rapper this if you want. You don't need an agent. You show them that you can be the CEO and the creative director and do all of this and make all of your money. All right. I'm into that for sure. And last thing, what are your pop culture loves? Like, what do you love so much that when it comes up in a conversation, you cannot help but sweat? Like, what Oh, my God. It? So I'm sweating right now thinking about it. So cartoons if you bob's burgers adventure time all of that i want to be a voiceover on those shows because they were so influential to me and i was in college when they came out <laughs> anyway um so yes cartoons definitely because that is for the future um 
is it three things? You can have as many as you want. So the second thing would be words. And I'm talking about English words. My favorite app is my dictionary app on my phone. I have a word of the day at work. They call me Sherry Webster because when they're confused and I say the word forlorn, I say, (laughs) let's see what Merriam Webster has to say about this. And we look it up because that's what my mom told me to do. And I hold that true to myself. Um, the third thing that, you know, I guess gets me wet is, (laughs) (laughs) wow, (laughs) gets me excited. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, I don't know if I have a third thing. I think I was just building up to that. I really wanted to say it. (laughs) Without further ado, who the fuck are you? I... <laughs> I am Shane Howell. I am 23. Um, just moved here to Atlanta, Georgia in the past six months or so. Um, I, I'll, I'm already moving on to the second question. I am an actor. Um, I currently, though, in my day job, I work in client onboarding for a software company. Um, it pays the bills. It gets the job done. I like my coworkers. I like my office. Things are good. However you know, the auditions could be coming in a little bit stronger. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. And then I'm, I know you're a host, but I'm going to go right along and go ahead. what I want to do. Coming uh, from my job. Wasn't <laughs> um, my forte. She cannot be um, usurped. So you do you. Well, um, <laughs> what I want to do is I want to usurp Amanda that is Doesn't number one, first and podcast. foremost, for now. <laughs> but okay. Um, <laughs> bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I obviously, I would like to be an actor. I think I do have a stronger love for live theater. That is something that I would like to get into, and I would love to see that grow more hmm. in this country because I think that we do have a lack of live theater appreciation for it, and it's near impossible, you know, to make a living doing live theater over here. Um, but I would love to see a day that that exists. Um, as for things that I love about pop culture, Game of Thrones, no, it's a topic on this week, but I'm going to hold my excitement until we talk about it. Um, Harry Potter, of course, grew up on that shit. Classic. So much. Classic. Slither and Pride. Um, <laughs> of course. <snake. laughs> and then, uh, it's not really pop culture, but I love whiskey. Whiskey's hey. my favorite thing. Name my dog after it. It's so. pop culture if you drink it enough. Mm-hmm. A little information about your host. So I am Amanda Young. I am a 26-year-old badass, self-proclaimed. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, though. And I will be usurping. Hey, fake it till you make it. That's what they say. I am an actress, but during the day, I work for a retail brand that I love doing events and doing outreach for the community. So much fun that I get to combine my two passions every single day. What I want to do is be a full-time actor, producer, director. I have so many ideas and so many thoughts and opinions that I want to share with the world. And this is kind of my first foray into doing that officially. So I am kind of doing what I want to do right now, which is super cool. Um, My favorite pop culture things is, one, Beyonce. If you ever try to come for Beyonce, ever, 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 
you are canceled. There's not many things that Beyonce could do that would make me not love her. She would have to kill somebody in front of my face for me to even question how much I love her. Number two, Rihanna. That's another one you're not going to come for. I love Savage Fenty lingerie. I love me some Fenty Beauty. Got me looking right. Melanin on fleek. Do not ever come for Rihanna. And this isn't a pop culture thing, but... The country of Jamaica and the entire Caribbean. Don't ever come for them because that will be your downfall. I love the Caribbean. Well, true. Now it's a pop culture thing. Now that Drake wants to, you know, try it on for size. It doesn't look good on everyone. Caribbean fusion. That's right. And I can't wait for that either. My two pop culture things coming together as one. So that's a little bit about me and my two friends that I adore so much. And I just want to say, first of all, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I know I always say this to you, but you are two people whose opinions I value so much. And I'm so excited for the rest of the world to have that feeling towards you as well. Aww, well. By the rest of the world. I hope that they want to hear it too. <laughs> true. By the, by the rest of the world, I mean my family members and a couple <laughs> of my coworkers. <laughs> okay, so on to the news. This one, I'm not going to go ahead and give my opinion right away. I'm just going to throw it out there and you guys can say what you have to say. Yesterday, Kim Kardashian announced via Instagram that for the past year, she has been studying for the California State Bar. Her announcement was met with a lot of criticism from Instagram trolls claiming it was her privilege and fortune that put her in this position. Servers of the tea, what is your take? Sherry, I will start with you. What do you have to say? So... I have a lot to say, actually. So I am a person that comes from a law background. I went to a law magnet in high school. I was supposed to go to law school. I was in mock trial for about five years. This is BS to me. This, you cannot just sign up for a bar. Like, there's a reason law school exists. It's not that you can't learn the information on your own. I don't deny that. It's about the forum that you have with different people. Because you disagree with people on certain parts of the law. That's the point. You're supposed to argue with people. The problem I have with Kim Kardashian is, I don't know who her camp is. I'm not even trying to know. But something I do know (laughs) is that you hired them. These people are inclined to agree with you. In law school, because we're all paying the same price to go to school, I don't have to agree with you. So when I disagree with you and you have to fight me, that's real. That's the real world. That's what it is in the in the courtroom. That's what you will be you will be dealing with. I feel like she if this is what she wants to do, she needs to go to school. So do you think that there is something to be gained with having a disagreement with people in that type of a setting? Absolutely. Because it makes you listen. It makes you. It doesn't encourage you. It makes you listen to opinions that you have never considered. I have my own opinions on this, but first I want to hear what Shane has to say. Um, okay, well, first off, I'll go ahead and, and preface with the fact that I did not go to law school. I did not go to <laughs> law magnet school. I don't know much in regards to that. So my opinion on the whole matter, honestly, because this kind of blew right over my head whenever it happened in the news. My thing is I don't see the big deal with people shaming her and going online and talking about her on Instagram and, you know, trolling her on there and stuff. If she has been studying this for the past year to study for this exam, this is the thing that she wants to do. I mean, that girl grew up in a courthouse with, I mean, her father's one of the most famous lawyers of all time, one of the most famous cases of all time. In that regard, 
I, I mean, I say let her, I say just let her do it. Okay. Let her, so, let her live, let her do her thing. I am somewhere between both of you. So my thoughts on this are, Kim, I don't really care what you do. I, as long as you're not, as long as you're not appropriating black culture, I'm fine. Do something for the greater good, please, God. Because up to this point, I just feel like Kim, the Kardashians, their entire existence has been totally useless. So to me, yeah. <laughs> honestly, it is a benefit for them to be doing something at all. Like, I don't even care what it is. I just want you to do something that doesn't involve taking pictures on Instagram or having your six-year-old child take pictures of you for Instagram. I want more substance is what I'm longing for and this is finally some of that so okay may I okay so this is what concerns me about her Kim Kardashian picks up topics that she deems are relevant because of their popularity and I'm not sure now I'm saying that to this podcast I'm not sure if they are actually worth anything to her or if they're just popular which is what concerns me. Well, I will say, in her defense, she talked to Donald Trump about exonerating. Um, I do not remember the name of this woman. I'm sorry. She um, was exonerated because of Kim Kardashian. So I will say this. There is some benefit to it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that she's doing something positive for once. I feel like everything up to this point has been, like, empty, meaningless like what what is the point i feel like at some point no matter how much money you have you kind of look at your life and say okay what am i actually doing with the one life that i have so that being said i am totally fine with her going to law school i think that is like i will not going to law school i think it's i'm fine with her taking the bar and potentially becoming a lawyer it was unclear whether or not she's looking to practice i don't really know Mm -hmm. but i will say this kim you lost me at some point in this caption because I'm not here to play games with you. I'm really not. In her caption, she says, and I quote, I've seen some comments from people who are saying it's my privilege or money that got me here, but that's not the case. One person actually said I should stay in my lane. I want people to understand that there's nothing that should limit your pursuit of your dreams in the accomplishment of new goals. Girl. <laughs> First of all... I don't even care that you go to law school, but what you're not going to do is act like you and me are cut from the same cloth. Some of us are living paycheck to paycheck. Some of us can pay mentors to tutor us for the California state. I will cheers to that. Go ahead. Take the bar. Be upset that people are coming for you. I'm not even mad about that. But what you're not going to do is try to act like you and I are cut from the same cloth. Because, honey, when these bills come around, when Nelnet is hitting my (laughs) my email wanting their payment, we are not the same, boo. I'm not able to pay a mentor to get me through law school. And I want you to acknowledge that. Say, you know what? I'm privileged and I'm happy to have that privilege. And then we will all move on. Because I will say, good for you, sis. But you have me messed up because you're going to act like we're the same and we are not. Okay? Can we talk about privilege for a second? Because I did not know outside of law school that you could not go to law school and have a tutor for, what was it, four years and qualify to take the bar. That's privilege itself. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) My next one is a favorite topic for me. Do you guys know who Lil Nas X is? Before I actually knew who he was, Twitter told me who he actually was. Okay, so one month ago, if you would have said the name Lil Nas X, I would have thought you were just talking about rapper Nas's favorite Sims character. Stop. Oh my God. In just (laughs) one short month, 
songster Lil Nas X has hit number one. Old Town Road has taken the music world by the horns. See what I did there? Because it's like a country song. He took the bull by the horn. Daddy lessons. And he, ta- he Daddy talks. Daddy lessons. About, he talks about bull riding. So right, bull riding and boobies is actually Thank the you. line. <laughs> so I wasn't gonna go there. But. So Old Town Road took the music world by the horns and time started a timely conversation about music. <laughs> Are you guys I'm laughing at that later. Can we laugh? It's fantastic. Bull riding and boobies. Exactly. <laughs> Old Town Road took the music world by the horns and started a timely conversation about music genres and the racial biases that lurk below. I'm going to go ahead and start on this one. So, for those of you who don't know, Lil Nas X is truly a 20-year-old. 20 I don't even think he's 21. He cannot even drink alcohol, and he is more accomplished than me. He is a 20-year-old who dropped out of college, made this single that quite frankly to me is a pop and then ended up charting on country radio but billboard decided that it was not country enough and actually reclassified his song and it got removed from the country charts which was not okay to a lot of people and then sherry has confirmed this for me billy ray cyrus reached out to Lil nas x and said let's do a remix they can't deny achy breaky heart and he was right they because they will never. or hannah montana like, you cannot deny a one-hit wonder like, you cannot you will not a one-hit country wonder achy <laughs> breaky was the song of the century like everybody was singing Iggy Breaky Heart <laughs> Billy Ray had, that's his one song and he's still famous that's how popular it was so now it is number one on the Billboard Hot 100 I don't understand why country music can't just let Lil Nas X live like why can't he chart on the country on country radio I we have seen crossovers from so many different artists Nelly and Tim McGraw over and yeah. over again that was a bop and it lived on both okay. charts. It lived on country charts and it lived on hip hop charts. Yes. What's his name? Kid Rock. Kid Rock was like mm-hmm. a hip hop country artist for so long and yeah. was able to live on both charts. Yes, he was. I just don't think that it is. I to me, it's like low key discrimination that he can't make a song that's like a crossover. I will admit, it's not a purely country song. It's definitely a crossover. It has a trap beat, but it's country. Genres change. Right. Genres change, genres adapt. Like, they have to. My thoughts are, even without crossover country, let's look at artists like Sam Hunt. His entire platform as an artist is basically crossover music. Is that pop? Well, he's country music, essentially. They let Uh him live on the country charts. But he starts these songs off with kind of what sounds like rap, if you ask me. It's over a slow country beat, but he's definitely speaking the lyrics, which at its purest form i guess is rap music and he Hmm. gets he solely exists as a country artist i do think that it was an undermining of lil nas x as a performer and i really wasn't here for it i thought that it was uncool i think that the hip-hop industry allows for other people to infiltrate Mm -hmm. like miley cyrus was on the hip-hop charts for bangers is she a hip-hop artist no. no, but she, did she make hip hop music? Yeah, so she was on the hip hop charts for bangers. Yes, I just don't see why it is such a blurred line. And yeah, I mean, absolutely, people are calling racism, and I don't, I don't doubt it. Wouldn't be the first time. I mean, it took Billy Ray Cyrus to get on the song to make it. The it, actually, it's the number one all over the world, most streamed. 143 million streams all over the world. Yeah, it's it broke the record this week. 
It's literally most... number one on the hip hop charts. Number right one. Now. He doesn't even have album art. Not it's just, so new. Not just number one. It broke a record. It it beat Drake in my feelings. Either way, I think it's a huge feat in music and. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus can single-handedly take down racism. Well, here's I mean. the deal is that this, this <laughs> thing, like, having, like, and that's where, like, I do have a profound appreciation for things like this when they happen, though, because even though it is, like, it, it raises a problem, and that means, like, obviously in this situation, like, music, the country, like, people are taking a step forward from it. And like learning that, oh, you know what? No, like we can take something and we can, we can, you know, merge together. We can support each other and we can take something and break an entire record by what was it? Like 50 million streams. Like that's insane. Yeah. Um, I have high hopes for Lil Nas X. I didn't know who he was at the beginning of March, but I know him now and I love your energy. I'm interested to see where this goes. I hope he gives me some more Old Town Road because I truly, thoroughly enjoy it. But... Mm -hmm. Other things that happened this past week, Atlanta Film Festival was this past week. Yes, it was. And it was the 43rd annual Atlanta Film Festival. The festival opened up with The Farewell, a movie by Lulu Wang starring Aquafina, who was there and I missed it. I totally, <laughs> I if, honestly, for the best, if I were there and Aquafina were also there, you would have seen me on TMZ. <laughs> Which isn't a bad start to a career, honestly. (laughs) Many people have done it. (laughs) Right. The Farewell was followed up by a diverse lineup of films. I know the three of us attended some of the events and screenings. I would love to hear some of what you guys experienced. I don't think we had a lot of crossover. I didn't see you at all. We didn't. I well, I only went for one. So I actually like this year. I was I was worried I wasn't going to be able to make it because the weekend of I. Uh, I actually had a friend in town, which was great. It was awesome to see him. I, I, I completely forgot the film festival was this weekend. However, one of my coworkers actually had a friend who was involved with the film festival and was able to get us um, exclusive passes to go see the Ted Bundy film, the Extremely Ooh. Wicked Chocolate Bile. So we went to the premiere of that, which had the, the director. He was there, um, which was really cool. And I know that movie is being released to Netflix, I believe, in May. But I was, yeah, it's getting like a straight to Netflix release. Is that the um, one with Zach, Zach Efron? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what did you think? So, okay. Well, as far as film festival goes, I, on a, this was my first like Atlanta film festival. I'm not going to lie. I would have thought a movie that big would have had much more organization. There was absolutely none. There was no organization. That movie was supposed to start at 9.15. We were standing outside the theater still waiting in line as the line A people, like first in the theater, waiting to get in at 9.50. Like oh, had not made no. it in. It had been 35 minutes. We finally made it in. The movie did not start till about 12 probably 10 20 ish roughly um and so that being said like Atlanta. going into it was kind of like it, we we stood outside we got there early obviously to make sure we had a good place in line um but overall it was like it was a it was a really cool experience it was awesome to to see it on a big screen i was really hoping to um once i found out that i had a netflix release i was a little bit bummed about it just because i wanted to see it in the theater and i'm sure that there mm. will be places in atlanta that still show it in may mm-hmm. when it wide releases um, the Terra Theater. But, oh yeah, yeah. no, for Terra. sure. Terra. For sure. Um, but no, I thought it was really, really good. And if you watched, did you guys watch the Confessions with a Killer Bundy tapes mm-hmm. on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> Shit is so good. And that's like, that, that's like the director's, um, 
Oh, yeah. That one goes into, like, Bundy in, in particular and, like, his storyline, whereas the movie goes a lot more into Liz, um, his first uh, marriage. And so it goes a lot into mm-hmm. her storyline and the way that she, um, over the course of however many years, was, you know, kind of on the sidelines for it and, like, until the end, like, fully believed that he was innocent. Until well, she, she was a herself. pivotal part mm-hmm. in the investigation. Mm-hmm. She gave them a lot of information that She's actually... She's the one who released his name. Yes. She gave his name. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. She gave them a lot of information that actually, like, pegged him as the one. She gave them... She gave the police the name of, like, gave them the name of Ted Bundy whenever the first, like, iconic sketch came out. And they put her mind to rest by telling her that she had the right model of the car, but she had the incorrect color. That was not the color they were looking for. He was cleared. And Mm. she was told that he was cleared. So whenever all this happened, it started to look more and more like a cover-up. It started to look more and more like there's some conspiracy stuff going on. And she believed him, like, up until a certain point. And the moment that she finds out in the movie is, like, absolutely fantastic. It's, It's... I thought it was really well done. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool to see. What is your grade for this film out of 100%? Out of 100%. I would give it a... Hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. On, well, I have a... Do you guys know what Letterboxd is? Yeah. I had a Letterboxd account. I, gave it, I believe I gave it a 4 out of 5. I would give it like a probably a solid 83. That's enough, to, that's enough to get me to watch it. Solid 83. That's hmm. oh, definitely worth watching. It's a really, really interesting I remember story. when that came out. Interesting perspective overall, though. Like it's when, a courtroom drama, yeah. which is great. But yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's 100% a courtroom drama. There's like, it's very, it doesn't really follow like Bundy's murders at all. Do you hear about that from the news perspective? But like, it is a courtroom drama. It's Love great. a courtroom drama. Okay. And honestly, John Malkovich as the judge is arguably, in my opinion, the best performance in the entire movie. I love He's John Malkovich. Phenomenal. I can't think of a movie I saw with John Malkovich in it that I didn't like. He's great. I will say, I had a very similar experience in terms of the organization of the film festival. Um, yeah, I feel like for this festival having gone on for 43 years, maybe we could have a little bit more of a comprehensive organization system. So I had mm. purchased... I went to a seminar... Um, about like producing your own projects from start to finish. It was great. I loved the information that I gave the, that I got. The panelists were so well informed and gave so many great details and kind of stuck around at the end to chat with people individually. But I had tickets for another seminar that started um, almost immediately after that. And I got there to that seminar a little late, maybe three minutes after it started. And I was told that they were full but I had a ticket. Well, you had a ticket. Hmm. Yes. So then I had to get a refund and it was like all this drama. But ultimately, I feel like if you have a ticket, then you should be able to get entry to the seminars. I don't know. How old were the people that were working your... Maybe in college. Okay. About to say, everybody working at that premiere looked like high school kids yeah. that were there to like get like volunteer hours or some shit. And like, listen, great, fine, get your volunteer hours, but have somebody actually organizing it and running it in a way that that does not happen because that's ridiculous. You are like one of the most prestigious film festivals in the country. Like yeah. people know the Atlanta Film Festival, get it together, wrap it up next year, see you then. Thank yeah, you. I agree. And they were trying to explain it to me because you know me, I work in customer service. <laughs> we do. If I'm an unhappy customer, everybody on the block will know. So I, they were like, you can't get in. It was a 20 minute conversation with me being like, but why? Ultimately, what they were explaining to me was, oh, well, some people have passes and they basically get entry to whatever seminars that they want. So, account so, for that. 
Right. That's how I feel. Mm. Don't sell as many tickets. No. It almost seems like they sold as many tickets as they, they wanted. They wanted to. And then... First come, first serve. Right. And at that point, you're going to have to answer to that. Either have standing room only or whatever. I did end up getting a refund. Which I was going did you pay for it? Yeah, You bought a it. ticket. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's not like you had to sign up voucher. Like, you paid for a ticket. Right. And it was very displeasing to me. Honestly, I wasn't happy that I got a refund because I wanted to attend the seminar. So mm-hmm. I do right. understand... It wasn't about the money. It was about the wealth of knowledge that I would have gotten from that group of panelists. And but you that's have, okay. people have to stick to a time, too. You cannot have times overlapping. You cannot have movies starting an hour later than they're yeah. supposed to. Right. That cannot happen. Because whenever that stuff happens, the entire thing gets thrown off. People get late, and then you're handing out refunds. Right. Like, it's just there's, there was no organization to it. I only had one experience with it this year. I will say I had a very pleasant experience because... Me and Sherry actually went to a New Mavericks screening. New mm-hmm. Mavericks is actually um, a program that's sponsored by Sarah Blakely of Spanx oh, and the Spanx Foundation, Foundation. And it's all female filmmakers and female-led films. Oh. Yes. So they were short films. We saw some really great films. Yes. I pretty much loved them all. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> but ultimately I almost enjoyed that experience more than liking them all because now I'm able to talk about maybe what I didn't like about the Mm. film that wasn't my favorite. I think being able to identify what you don't like about something is far more important than identifying what you like about it. I agree because that comes to creative process and you're able to say like, okay, when I saw this, I didn't enjoy it and this is constructive. When you see something that you like, you're like, that was amazing. How do I do that? (laughs) Like, it's difficult. What's interesting, we spoke about this before, um, after we saw this screening, um, and the one thing that made me dislike and like my favorite and my least favorite from that um, selection was the Q and A. Um, so the directors and some of the actors were there, um, willing to ask questions about their movie, and my favorite film. Um, was masculine masculine from the new Mavericks because it was it was based in LA it was a play on masculine feminine and it was supposed to be cast by two men but they cast two black women and it was just a very interesting commentary on what it's like to be I don't know a woman especially a black woman in 2019 or whatever and it was very interesting versus i will not name the film that i did not like the lead as much but um the director make me made me dislike it more because i found when she was explaining why she did certain things i was like i i actually hate this what i will say too is I know what it's like to direct something or create a work and you're so proud of it and you really want to talk about it all the time because it's really hard to either produce something or direct something. It's hard to be an actor. I would reckon that it's even harder to be a director. I will say though, in a Q&A, if somebody is asking another panelist a question, do not feel the need to piggyback off that question because you want everyone to know the answer. Nobody asked you. They don't care about this question in regards to you like the question was how was the male how was the male like response to this film in regards to masculine masculine they answered we moved on and she raised her hand and was like i want to go ahead and answer that last question not last not last it was another question asked before and before that like sandwiched and then after 
She was like, I want to go back to that other question. And which, I was like, that's fine, girl. But go ahead and write yourself an opinion piece and put it on your blog And let me tell you something. Your film should answer that question for you. Like, at the end of the day. Bingo. Your art should answer that question. And if it doesn't answer that question and nobody asks you, that means that they simply do not care. And not only did she elect to answer a question that was not asked of her, she went even further than that and almost undercut the other girl's response. So the first girl's response to the question was kind of like... I don't know. She was like, we wanted to make something for women, by women. It's all about women. That's why we did this. Mm-hmm. And then our director, who elected to give her opinion, basically said, to be clear, we value everyone in all opinions. We're not anti-men. We want everyone to have a voice. Girl, Here's first of deal. all, nobody asked you. And second of all, you kind of just undermined everything that she just said. Exactly. And you also undermined the entire, like, feminism movement in regards to the fact that like it's you're no longer supporting women like you're you're falling under the stereotype that women are catty and that women are gonna like cut each other off and women are gonna like want to be on top and like that's like you no like you need to like show support in those situations and also just keep it quiet like you weren't asked that question that's fine moreover she bookended her unasked for opinion by saying you know equality uh we're sitting we're sitting and we just looked at each other okay. we, we said, okay. <laughs> that one speaks for itself <laughs> i'm like girl i actually liked some elements of your film she made me dislike her film yeah the director made me dislike her film it was, it was incredible but creatives, that's important creatives yeah. out there do not over explain your work don't do that Jordan Pill made us, and people said, we don't get it. What's going on? Explain it to us. And he said, no. Nope. Go see it again. So let's talk about something that matters. Game of Thrones. Game I'm of re- Thrones. Sherry is recusing herself. I am going to be caught up by the series finale. Thank you. Bye. So Sherry is not talking about this, and that's fine. The rest of us will continue to talk. Um, okay. Let's... Winner is here. Yes. <laughs> Winner is fucking So here. I know everyone and their mom is going to be talking about this this week, but it's almost impossible not to because it broke records. 17.4 million people tuned in to watch Sunday's premiere. After a leak. After a major yes. leak. The fact that that's still, you still have people watching it live at 9 p.m. on Sunday, April 14th. Absolutely phenomenal. Right. I agree. So 17.4 million viewers tuned in to watch Game of Thrones for Crash. the premiere episode. HBO. Yes. And beating the previous record, also held by Game of Thrones. If you've not watched the show yet, this is your official spoiler alert. Kick things off from the (laughs) beginning with that intro. The new intro is one of the smartest decisions I've ever seen a TV show make. In the sense that in its final season, after it's already established something so iconic and so strong, it took what was familiar and what people liked about it, but adjusted it to what is relevant now. And this title sequence... In my opinion, yeah, it's a great episode. It's a great premiere. But really, honestly, for me, that the new intro took, just took the cake. It really did. Like from the start, at the beginning, like I did. You have you seen the article that's about like the creation of yes. the thing? Like literally talking about how from the beginning they wanted to change stuff and that they they ultimately decided on like setting the the map as the, the credits after they decided that it would be too much to jump back to the map within the actual episodes. 
Um, but getting to the final season, the fact that they, they're really limited on locations now, and they don't have many exterior locations, many kingdoms, many castles to go to. So now, rather than the exterior, we're going to focus on the interiors of our strong, like of our strongholds. And then my favorite feature, though, of the entire thing is now that we're going to track the, the movements of the armies. I know that is phenomenal. Like, it's such a smart idea, and like. There was truly no better way to get me hyped for the new episode and for the new season than that intro. <laughs> Moving on. I loved the intro as well. It took me a second to catch on because I was like, oh, that looks different. And The rings around like the sun are no longer telling the Baratheon uprising. They are yes. telling like the story that we've already watched. watched. Like, they are telling Game of Today. Thrones. They're telling it's the story incredible. today. I agree. So there were some things that I really loved about the episode. One of which being Brand's I don't even know what to say about him. I don't. He had no, a lobotomy or something. Bran is so That boy sat there and waited weird. for, quote unquote, an old friend the entire episode <laughs> until the very end whenever we finally found out who that was. I don't but, know why anybody talks to him anymore because he is so freaky to me. Like, I am so done. Daenerys is like, hi, nice to meet you. Bursts out screaming like, we don't have time for this. The Night King has breached the wall. I was like, okay. The wall has fallen. So what? You can't be polite anymore now that you're the raven? Like, I do not understand. Well, he literally meets, he sees John again for the first time. John hugs him and he just gives him this like blank stare <laughs> and John said you're a man now he said almost what Girl, does that mean <laughs> you, did you watch the cast of this thing that I told you to watch no okay Isaac Hempstead Wright who plays Brand, literally said the words I, I had no acting experience whenever I started Game of Thrones and first day on set was the worst day of my life <laughs> he literally says those words and I'm like Brand, okay thank you we Truly, I already know that. Like, I, I like. You know, sorry, to tell us. I can tell. Like, it's right. this. He, Bran has never been my favorite on the show. However, I like. I do. I will say though, as far as Bran goes, because of Bran's character and because of his abilities, as, as annoyed that I get with myself. I get excited every time I see Bran on screen because I know that something is about to be pushed along. Right. Like somehow the plot is now about to be pushed to something else. Right. Because Bran is that character even though I hate I hate him but my girl Cersei arguably had my favorite scene and my favorite moment in the entire episode and that it's that brief like half second long after Euron leaves her in her room after fuck Euron but after he leaves her in the room and she literally sits there and she has her wine and after he's just done his whole like I'm gonna put a prince in your belly creepiest and then like leaves the room and she creepiest she just turns (laughs) and she touches her stomach and she just starts to cry and then it switches to the next scene and it's so but like the show gives us so little insight into Cersei when she is alone and you know I know you've heard it before like from an acting perspective but like the most interesting times on stage or in film is whenever you get to see a character on, like alone whenever they're not putting on a show for anybody else and to me like there's she has always been like one of my favorite characters simply because we don't get to see that side of her yes and it's so incredible like that they're finally giving us a little bit of a hint into that let's talk about the details of that scene though there are a lot of people who think that she's not actually pregnant and that's why maybe she had that reaction to Euron, I think the opposite. I think she's pregnant and she's thinking to herself, I think she, shit, he's going to think that this is his kid. I just, like, fucked this all up by having sex with him in a moment of weakness. Now everyone's going to think that it's his kid because we had sex. Personally, I think on a much simpler note, I think she misses fucking Jamie. I think that literally misses fucking Jamie. M- misses fucking him, but also just misses Jamie. <laughs> like, I really think that, like, she... I mean, they, Does she they, know? they have been from the beginning, they've been together. From the womb, they've but been together. Like, they, isn't the next scene the one where 
Braun basically gets propositioned to yes. kill her brother. Yes. So I don't really know that she misses him all that because much. Because he's lost. He's already abandoned her. And you know, you, Cersei does not give second chances. She doesn't. And now both of her brothers, her family, the only family that she has left, has abandoned her. Yeah. And even though he rightfully so was like, Cersei, shut the fuck up. We need to go north. Like, we need to get over this shit. We need to take care of this right now. Right. And she said, no, we're going to wait it out down here. You make your choice. And he decided to go to Winterfell. The like, only questions I have, why did she sleep with Euron in the first place? I don't understand. Is I'm it a moment of still figuring and that out. I think it's a power move. I really do. I think it's a power move because, yeah, she could string him along for, I mean, she could keep using the, the tease of it as much as she wanted. And she could continue doing that. But, like, I think... I don't know. It's and and I mean, Lena Headey herself even came out and said like she did not agree with that choice whenever she got it in the script. That she does not think that's something that, she, that Cersei would do. And I'm not gonna lie, I was very surprised by it. Yeah. Whenever she brought him back to the room, I was like, I thought she might kill him. I thought something was gonna happen. I didn't expect the next scene to be him putting his clothes on. Yeah. I I was a little bit taken aback by that, and I don't really know how I feel about it yet because I don't know my thoughts on it. I just know that this, the moment that we got after was my favorite moment in the entire episode. I and if, that, that. if it got me that, and if it got me that little insight into who she is. And I mean, here's the thing, bottom line, she's human. We all do things like that. Her character arc will play itself out 100%. in the episodes to come. She will be around until the final episode of the show. Yeah, I think so too. So another moment that I absolutely loved, but I think is totally a setup is the reunion between Arya and Jon Snow. Mm -hmm. I think it's a setup. She even says, like, something about family. And he says something about family, and she says... Don't forget that. Yeah. He says, I'm our our family, too. And she says, don't forget that. Yes. So that, to me, is a complete setup for what we learn later in the episode. And I honestly... I see a huge conflict between the Starks and the Targaryens. I'm calling it. It has to be. But also, I see a conflict between the Targaryens. I don't know. I don't really don't know how this is going to play out. But here's my deal. Is that, like, at the end of the day, like, listen, I get it. Like, y'all are like, oh, we made you king in the north. We did all this. We did all this. Blah, 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 blah. Y'all shut the fuck up. There is other <laughs> shit to worry about right now. And that's where, like, I'm, I'm glad, like, he finally, like, kind of explodes in this episode and is like, y'all. Like, I enough. brought them two times. Yes. Y'all don't know what it I looks like. I brought us an army. I brought us two dragons. Like, we can deal with this later. Not right now. Yeah. There is other shit to deal with. And if they had all stood up there without getting da- Daenerys' help and without getting the Dothraki and without getting the Unsullied... And the dragon The lost. North would be absolutely destroyed. Like, 100%. But they don't realize that yet because they haven't seen it. And they're about to. They're about to see it because those White Walkers are coming... I am honestly, I have anxiety because I just don't want it to end. I don't either. Okay, I'm going to go grab Sherry and then we will be right back for our last segment. All right, we are back and ready for my favorite segment of the week. This is something we will do every week, so I know we are bound to hear some messy situations. So this is the crowning of royalty. Each of us will share the messiest thing we either experienced or saw on the internet this week, and the person with the messiest tea wins and gets crowned royalty for the week. So who wants to go first? Okay, well, 
I'm not the most confident in mine, so I'll go ahead and actually kick things off because my messiest story of the week is actually about none other than myself. Um, <laughs> so the messiest thing to happen in the last week involving anybody was me last Friday night. My friend got into town. I went to go pick him up at like 9.45 from the airport, right? And our whole plan for the weekend was like Friday night, we were going to take it easy, right? We were going to relax. We were not going to do anything messy. We were going to be fine. Saturday was messy night. Saturday was like, we're starting the night off with that absinthe. We are going absinthe? to town. Absolutely. Import from <laughs> France, bitch. Yes. So we went for it. <laughs> it got flued out. So anyways, Friday night, Friday night, pick him up at the airport. We get back to my house. He's like, let's make an old fashioned before we go out. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Sherry. <laughs> so... We go, I go to pick him up from the airport. We get home from the airport. He's like, well, let's make old fashions. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's have an old fashioned. We made an old fashioned. We then, literally after one drink, we go to the club. We go out, we're doing hop in the gay bars that night. We go to Blake's and 10, right? Yes. And we're literally, we go to Blake's. I get like a drink there. Shout out to ATL Midtown. ATL Midtown. Shout out to Blake's. So we're there. We get a drink. He goes in, he comes out with another drink, it's fine, it's not a big deal, I've literally had three drinks. We go over to 10, and at some point throughout the night, from going to Blake's to 10, I start to forget things. All I know is that at some point in the middle of the night, me, I'm not going to say his name, me and my friend are... Give him a fake name. Four-way making out, I'm not giving him any name, (laughs) me and my friend are four-way making out with these two guys. Sherry, yes, with these two guys, and <laughs> let's just, I'm, like, passing one of them off, like, between the two of us. You it's just bad. made fun of me for dropping it's this bad. knife it's when messy. he's talking about it's four messy. people. It's messy, right? Okay, so then, anyways, so then, at some point, one of them goes to the bathroom, because they, ha- or goes to get another drink. I don't even know what the fuck they did, but I remember at some point, I kind of came to, and I said, wow, I need to get out of this situation. I go outside, I'm literally hunched over by the dumpster, I'm throwing up. Some random guy comes over and goes, here, this is for your friend, and gives my friend a piece of gum to give me, <laughs> because apparently, I, that's what helps whenever you're sick, and you're throwing it up drunk. Mint. Anyways, we order an Uber, I'm sitting in the Uber, I feel fine, however, I don't know where we are, and I literally tapped the driver on the shoulder and I said can you stop the car and he literally stopped the car I threw up all over like outside I no. did not want to throw up inside the car y'all have never done this before like I've never had to stop an Uber because I'm going to throw up we get back to my house I apparently get in the shower I like lay down just take my clothes off and lay down in the shower my friend has to get me out of the shower help get me in bed <laughs> I wake up the next morning Jack my dog my sweet puppy who is wild <laughs> Literally, I wake up the next morning, he has shit all over my floor, he has chewed up my glasses, he has chewed up my watch, and he has chewed, he has scratched the door all while I am passed out, dead ass asleep. I have no idea what happened that night. I don't remember many things. All I remember is those little images that I have involving <laughs> someone, and... Yeah, literally the next, it, it was, it, it was, it was, it, I was, and I, I think what happened was that I just didn't eat the day before because I'm not even lying to you, my first thought was that something happened that I, someone gave, I, nobody bought me a drink, so like that doesn't make any sense, um, but no, I didn't eat anything, and the next night we had absinthe, and I took it easy. Um, I could have told you that from <laughs> the beginning of the story when you said we, we had absinthe. No, Haven't not on Friday, seen- <laughs> not on Friday night, that was on Saturday night. Haven't you ever seen Girl Strip? Bitch, yes, that's why I bought it. Remember, that was the night that we were, like, watching it, and I bought that bottle of absinthe online from France for... I'm not even going to announce how much I bought it for. Oh, yes. But, 
Yeah, so that was on Saturday night, but Friday night was not that we were going to take it easy. That was the plan from the beginning. And then things got messy. And that is my royalty for the weekend. That was pretty messy. Messy. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to beat that. Well, well you can yours try. was very overhyped, so you can go last. Because <laughs> you told us you were definitely gonna win. Damn it. So you can go last <laughs> and we'll go ahead and choose. Okay, so my Royalty for the week is something that I saw on Twitter from Miss Jack A. Harry. Do you guys know who Jack A. Harry is? <laughs> from Sister Sister? Yes. So, for those of you who do not remember Jack A. Harry, she played Tia and Tamara's mom on Sister God. Sister, which iconic performance of our time, honestly. She did not give the credit to that. She was fantastic. She's up there with the nanny named Fran. Like, she killed it for the new millennium in the 90s. But. A person named Michael Seaglove, Seaglove? I don't even know. Someone named Michael on Twitter tweeted, what's the most surreal encounter you've had with someone famous? Been thinking about this all day. Mine, and he gives his tale. Jack A. Harry quote tweeted this and said, Eartha Kitt slapped the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? He's <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I can't even finish it. Okay. <laughs> she said. She said. <laughs> okay. She said. Eartha Kit slapped the fuck out of me. She thought I was sleeping with her boyfriend, which I was, but I didn't know he was taken. <laughs> That's a journey. That should have been a whole topic for the week. First of all, I hate so many questions. Eartha Kitt and Jackie Harry are probably 40 years Years apart. Who are you both dating? Who are you sleeping with? Right. First of all, Eartha Kitt was was a dime piece. She's Yzma. Like, she was a dime piece. She was also Madame Zeroni in Holes. So, yes, she was. To sweeten the deal. Okay, she was not a dime piece in Holes. She was not. Madame Zeroni up the hill. To sweeten the deal. So I can get strong, too. To sweeten the deal, the Shade Room broke the news. Shout out to the Shade Room. My favorite news source of all time. I don't want to do this. So... Zero, Cleo Thomas, the boy Not who Cleo Thomas, the boy who Zero? yes, the boy who played Zero in Holes, commented and said, "Grandma," <laughs> and I died. But furthermore, someone said, "I'm just shook at the fact there's a man with enough juice to successfully holla at Jack A. Harry in Eartha Kitt," and. Furthermore, Jack A. Harry said, said, he didn't just eat the groceries, he restocked the shelves. <laughs> if that if that does not win the royalty, I don't know what to say. I'm on the damn floor. <laughs> because I'm on the floor. That shit took me out. Restock the shelves. And that's all I have to say. Sherry? Definitely not going to win now. Um, I overestimated myself. Yeah, why are you going back now? You were so confident before. I was confident because this actually happened to me this weekend. So this weekend, I was at my survival job. I'm doing what I do. I'm not prostituting myself. It's, it's fine. But um, 
we were not thinking that. No, but it, it sounded like that because I was being so elusive, but that's not what I was doing. So I wait tables. Like, let me just say that. So I'm serving my tables, whatever. And all of a sudden I decided that day, something told me put on a full face of makeup. So I did. And I am walking up to my tables and all of a sudden this guy goes, he's on a date with someone else. Someone else who's like 30 years my senior on a date with that person and goes, okay, so like, um, so when's your birthday? And I'm like, oh, my birthday's um, May 27th. And, and the person he's with is like, oh my God, my birthday is May 20th. And he goes to me, oh, I should take you both out on a date for your birthday since it's a week apart. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So in the middle of that, he turns to her and he goes, is it okay if I ask her out on a date? Me. What? <laughs> Wait. I, I swear. He gave me his business card. We know it was not for business. It was all for pleasure. Oh, he, he gave you a business card. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, you started the story by saying that you were not prostituting yourself. And now I'm not so sure. <laughs> I just had a full... I was just trying to do the job the way they told me to. By the book. I, I swear. I swear. Anyway, so this person... We start talking about politics for some reason. He asked me, are you a Republican? I said, absolutely not. Have you seen me? And he was like, no, I'm just kidding. I was like, no, you were not. And he's looking at me. I can see him clearly getting aroused. And I'm like, what um, do you mean when you say that? That's what I'm No, like intellectually aroused. Oh. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was more like, oh my God, like she's walking the walk and talking the talk. Like she told me she wasn't a Republican and she means it like based on her policies. <laughs> His date is in the bathroom and I'm literally trying to clear plates. <laughs> And he goes, so am I taking you out next month or not? And I said, we'll see. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm serving some prom kids at the next table and they're watching me <laughs> because they're doing whatever they're going to do that night. And they're just like, okay. And I'm like, we'll see. And he's like, is that a no? Mind you, this person is, is in like his 70s. The person he was with was obviously someone he propositioned already. He basically asked that person if, if it's okay if she joins us. So my Not next, joins me, joins us. So me. Uh, my next question, <coughs> are you getting flued out? No. Oh, Spences is paid. No, oh, no, no. Spences no. is paid. Not, huh? not for him, at least. By city girls? <laughs> okay, now is the time, the moment of truth. Who deserves the crown for royalty? Honestly, I feel very insecure. Like, I was just propositioned to be a sugar baby, and I thought that was going to win. Not. It's not. I don't know. I'm insecure now. We know who's going to win. Who do you guys think should win? She's not even here. Who? Eartha Kitt? <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> She's in heaven. Eartha. Yzma. <laughs> Madam Zeroni. Grandma. Grandma. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say that means I win. Yeah. Okay. Appropriate. It's your first sure. episode. Sure. Yes. yes. Yay! I'm the- On behalf of Eartha Kit, here we go. Eartha Kit, Santa baby. I am the reigning queen of royalty. For now. For now, next week, there are options. Step your weight up, get your game up, and maybe you guys... I thought my game was up. I was propositioned to be a sugar baby. But you already know, you can't out-tea the queen of tea. Yet. All right, guys, that concludes the inaugural episode of Say La Tea. 
things we're looking forward to this upcoming week of course the next episode of game of thrones and more importantly the beyonce documentary that comes out on wednesday uh, I have to give a huge shout out before we go to Cassie Barto. She made the awesome podcast cover art that you see, and she has been so great to work with. If you ever need a cute little cartoon of yourself made, make sure you hit her up. She is fantastic. All right, well, tune in next week. Bye, guys.